Listener Production. Coming up today on Footy Talk with Kate McCarthy, Grace Egan from the Richmond Tigers is joining us. We're going to talk about her career in the AFLW, how she got there this season for the Tigers, and also a little bit of finals footy and what's to come this weekend. You're listening to Footy Talk, your daily dose of footy, the latest news, interviews and analysis from the world of AFLW. I am joined today by a very special guest, Grace Egan of the Richmond Tigers. Grace, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Amid the post-season festivities, you've put away a little bit of time on your Monday to be sober and talk to us. (laughs) How fantastic. I know. Not any day. Are you sober? I am. Okay, great. Today great. I That's good. Yeah, I should have. Maybe last Monday, different, yep. but yep. today I am. No, I should have checked that before I assumed. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're going to first of all get into your career and how you got to the AFLW, and then a little bit later, we're going to touch on the finals that have just been. So let's go all the way back. Started at Shepparton Bears um, in under 18. So, Shepparton, how did you get into <laughs> footy there? It's obviously a big soccer place down there in Shepparton. Did you start by playing soccer? Did you start by playing other sports? How did you get into footy? Uh, yeah, so for chicks, it was never uh, football or soccer. It was more like the netball, basketball. So I always grew up playing netball and basketball, um, loved basketball. Uh, somehow made like the state team for that. And then one year, I think it, I just made emergency for that and thought, throwing it away. Like I just <laughs> decided to tell mum, that's it. I'm not doing it anymore. If I'm not that good at it, I'm not going to keep going. Yeah, literally. <laughs> that was me. So then uh, I think that was the first year the women's had their first season. And I never even thought about playing football until that day. And then once that happened, went and filled in a couple of times at the local Shepherd and Bears. And then, yeah, mo- ended up moving across and playing a season and then just took off from there. So you were at the Bears and then ended up at Richmond VFL? Yeah. yeah. How did that all join together? So from Shepherd and Bears, ended up making like the TAC Cup, which was what it was called back then, I think it was for the Bushrangers, uh, which then Bushrangers back then was aligned with Richmond. So um, funnily enough, I I think I just hated sport altogether by this stage. <laughs> you know, you're in year 12, everyone's partying, you're playing sport and you just end up hating everything. Mum ended up getting an email from Richmond uh, for a tryout day. And she took me down to Melbourne for a sh- weekend of shopping <laughs> and then woke me up on the Sunday and said, oh, we're actually taking you down to the tryouts at Richmond. So, yeah, that's how I ended up down there. Went to the tryouts for the day, absolutely hated mum for it, and then ended up making it. So so she completely blindsided me. 100% because she knew that if she brought it up with you, you'd say no. Yeah, literally. Yeah. Wow. I would have just said no and like, I'm I'm, pass. I'm passing on that. Did you end up going shopping on the Sunday after the trials and did she buy you some good things? No, we went on the Saturday, but yeah, the Sunday night she w- took me out for dinner. So oh, yeah, that's good. She, she made up for it. Well, I guess she's kind of made up for it in the long run as well, because now you're playing AFLW and yeah. without mum blindsiding you, you might not be here. Literally, literally. <laughs> Dad will take all, the, all of it, but yep. definitely it was, was mum. mum. Sneaky mum. <laughs> yeah, always yeah. sneaky mum. You know, it's trouble when mums lie to you. That's the, that's the yeah, concern, that is I trouble. reckon. Yeah, but they're good at it, but they do it in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> so ended up playing for Richmond for the two years in the VFL. Um, what was it like playing? Because I saw some of the people that were on the list at Richmond in that VFLW side. So you had the likes of Laura Bailey, Mon Conti was playing with you there, yeah. a few of the other girls. What was that like? It was such a high and intense environment because at the same time they were picking their AFL team. 
So we were surrounded by some unreal players like Mon and KB and Al Bailey and all of But at the same time, you're all fighting for a spot in the AFL side. So, yeah, it was so intense. And one by one, they could, like, add a player to their list and, like, they would call out a player every training saying, like, congratulations, you've been listed. But which And then it come down to the last spot. Um, and I'd been told that it was going to be me or someone else within the team. And then that day got called into a meeting, um, got told it wasn't me, and then uh, but they'll take me in the draft sort of thing. Um, and then so that absolutely broke my heart. But, yeah, to then be told I was going to be into the – like they'll pick me in the draft, it kind of made sense. But, yeah, still – wasn't very happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then you ended in the draft with the – did you have the expectation that once you entered that Richmond would be taking you or had you had conversations with Carlton as well because that's where you ended up? Did they indicate yeah. that they were keen as well? So the whole process for mine was so confusing. Like it was like I entered the draft and then behind the draft scene I could get drafted by a team. Like I had no idea what was going on. So I think I spoke yeah, with a couple teams back then um, and then Carlton was the one that was really keen to have me. And then it was like a draft day before the draft day. So, like, I just got a call on a random Friday morning to say that from Chan to say that um, they didn't match Carlton's pick and pa- Carlton will be taking me in the draft. And then I was like, what is going on? Like, I have no idea. So then, yeah, it ended up being Carlton decided to take me with their Pick 13, and if Richmond wanted to match it, it had to be their top pick. So, yeah, they didn't pick me. (laughs) How did that feel after obviously being told, first of all, that you're a chance to get the last spot on the list and then that they were going to take you in the draft and then they'd ended up passing on being able to match that bid? How did did that make you feel? Oh, uh, I was just like, I was devastated. I I had too many emotions because I was so happy I got drafted, but then I just felt like, you know, when you're a bit trailed by a team or by staff members and stuff like that. So I definitely took it to heart. I'll take everything to heart. I feel like that's <laughs> just me in general. But, um, yeah, it definitely hurt a lot. But um, looking back at it now, I'm like, funny way you end up. <laughs> so you ended up then using that all of that fuel to fire your debut game, which was, funnily enough, against, against Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that all works out? It always works out did, like that. How did you feel? So obviously there's the pure elation of making your debut, which is fantastic and nothing can really yeah. compare to that. Yeah. But then you look at the sheet and you're like, wow, we're playing Richmond. Like <laughs> this could be really fun. <laughs> no, I love that stuff. Yeah. I feel like I thrive on that as anyone would. <laughs> you thrive on that kind of stuff and then you're like, oh, I've got a point to prove now. Like I'm playing the team that didn't pick me. They had so many chances and then it's like, oh, I'll take this. Yeah. How I was your debut match? How'd you go? For me, I thought I did all right. Yep. Yeah. I think I was just happy to get a win. Like, yeah. I, and it was so cool. Like, to me, it felt like the whole place was packed. Like, Richmond, it was Richmond's first game of the whole AFL and Carlton have amazing, like, supporters. So, yeah, it was so good. I was just happy we won. How yeah. was the lead up to the game? How were you feeling sort of going into the match First of all, knowing you're playing Richmond, yeah. but like making your debut, first game in the league. I don't even know. I think I was just so excited. I was nervous because I just wanted to win and play well because it's my first game. Um, but yeah, no, I think I was just super keen, super anxious, like a bit of everything. But once I was playing, I was fine. And was the whole of Shepparton in Icon Park? <laughs> Nelly, no, yeah, a bit of everyone was there. It was nice. It was so – that's probably why it makes everything so much easier when you win because then you can go celebrate with them, yeah. 
Yeah, that's so true. If you lose, you're straight back into the sheds and oh, just... Straight back in the sheds, especially now looking back, if it was our first game and we'd lost, Daniel Harford would have had it straight back in the rooms, I imagine. <laughs> we would have started training already for the next Yeah, <laughs> literally, yeah, literally, though. So then you ended up, a full circle moment, being traded back to Richmond in yeah. 2022. So how did that come about? Obviously, there's a lot of emotions surrounding your relationship with Richmond. What did they yeah. do to repair that? Because there was obviously some trust that was... Potentially broken. broken. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what, yeah. How did that come about? Obviously looking for a trade at the end of one, uh, I can't remember what season, a couple of seasons ago. Um, Alex Saundry was my manager at the time. So she was kind of helping me look around, you know, as you do. I feel that's what the players do. I think I had my meeting with one of the teams um, and we were about to finish. So I was like saying goodbye to Alex, saying goodbye to everyone. I'm going to leave. And Alex was like, oh, actually... Because I clearly said I don't want to see Richmond. Like, really? I didn't want to sit down with them because yep. they'd broken me, broken yep. my trust. <laughs> so then um, she said, oh, no, you're actually not going anywhere. Uh, Richmond's coming over. You'll see them. And I was like, you haven't. And she I was like, yeah, they're coming over. So they rocked up with a bunch of flowers and said sorry. And <laughs> that's how they. <laughs> the bunch of flowers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so a bunch of flowers. I obviously really like flowers, so if anyone wants to be nice to me. No, no I ended up sitting down with them a couple of times. Took me a little while to get over it. Yeah. But, yeah, that was that was the fun. Gave them the cold shoulder, but then they ended up yeah. winning you over. Yeah, literally. Wow. Yeah. So you must be pretty headstrong because so far we've had to have your mum lie to you about going to the trials <laughs> and then your manager lie to you about what teams you're speaking to. So Yeah, it's just like don't, once you do me over, I'm just like I've had enough, that's yep. it. But, yeah. So Richmond did a very somehow. good job to win you back. Yeah, yeah, I had a few things. It was like the flowers and maybe a sit-down meal at a nice restaurant. Oh, lovely. Yeah, no, nah, they definitely did. I mean, I and once... It was hard to say no as well to, like, the players and their list. Like, the other stuff comes with it. But once you looked at their list and, you know, they've got Mon and KB, they're amazing leaders. And they also had um, some amazing players from when I was there in the VFL, which also makes a huge difference too. Yeah, and those connections that you have with those players. Yeah, exactly. They're separate to what has gone on at a higher level and being able to play football again with them. What did that mean to you? Yeah, a lot, a lot. And, like, you feel like maybe you don't have that relationship there because you'd left and gone to another club and you never know. But once you're back, it's just like how it left. So it was fine. It was so good. Well, stick around. We will get straight back into things with Grace on how this season played out for the Tigers and we're also going to talk about the final series that was just played out on the weekend. You're listening to Footy Talk. If you're listening on Spotify, please hit the bell. We are with Grace Egan from the Richmond Tigers. And, Grace, let's get into your season this year, probably as a whole for the Tigers. Rounded out the season with probably the best game I reckon Richmond have played. That was huge. I was commentating that game and you guys absolutely just put on a show for everyone. Ended up with a 52-point win over Collingwood. Just put it all together in that game. How did that feel, finishing the season on such a high? It was amazing. Like, I feel we definitely had our ups and downs throughout the season, which didn't help us. But then going into that last game, it was kind of like an all or nothing. You know, you kind of had, like, the stats where it was like, if you win by this amount and these teams lose those games, you'd you'd be able to make it. But then at the same time, we were just like, there's nothing better than going out on a high. Um, 
And, yeah, not only to win the game but to win by a fair amount, that, yeah, we are pretty stoked. Yeah, it was an incredible game that you guys put together. I guess coming off that game, how disappointing is it then that the, some of the games that you weren't able to really put together those performances and have such an up-and-down season? Yeah, we had our exit meetings the other day and that was like literally the topic. It was just like you can just see how good you can be as a team and – yeah, to not be able to do it week in and week out throughout the season, it's like what do you do now to be able to play like that all season? And, yeah, it's kind of – we also had injuries, and but every team has injuries. Like it's nothing new to anyone to have injuries. And because our, like our squad's so small, you've got to use the train-ons. And I suppose, yeah, it's just teach. I don't know, learning how to play like you do that against Collingwood for a whole season, yeah, and even with the depth of your side to be able to do it. Yeah, definitely. And just touching on one particular injury, the one to Ellie McKenzie, obviously a huge part of your engine room in the midfield. Mm. So yourself, Ellie and Mon, probably your starting midfielders. How did that change your role as what you normally do in the midfield and, and did you have to change the way you were playing to try and help fill the void of Ellie? Yeah, I don't think you can fill the void of Ellie. Like she just... Yeah, she's a great player. She's an yeah, she's got a massive engine. Um I think if anything we just felt like we lost something because it like you don't realize you need the three, you need a good solid three in there to provide at all times. Like it can't just be mon every week or two players or or yeah, it has to be a solid three and even a bench, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like um, at times, yeah, I, it was like just trying to fill that role or have someone running through trying to fill that role. But, yeah, in the end I just feel like maybe it, it, we couldn't really find it and that's probably what we didn't have. We had amazing players roll through there though. Like Ayla Sheeran played in the last game. She she killed it in there. She did so well. Um, we've had KB roll through there as well. Hosko, Sarah Hosko was kind of injured all season so she wasn't even at 100%. So, Yeah, I think it was just anything you can't feel that role really. Do you think that having sort of Ellie out made you develop quickly or more quickly as a player in the midfield though and it'll hold you in very good stead heading to next year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it never sounds good, but probably having her out of there, yeah, made me step up, which is what I needed to do because you kind of get to a point in your career when you're like, and I'm still so young, but I'm like, this is either like where I can step up or not yeah and it, it definitely made me step up and by the end of the season I definitely had my groove I knew what I wanted to do how to do it week in week out so yeah I feel like it's put me in a good spot going into the next few seasons and now to be able to grow on that yeah and also to build that relationship with Mon yeah and be, to be able to play so well and work with her as well I feel like we've also added that to it yeah. And so speaking of the off-season, what will it look like for you guys? You said you had your exits last week. What's yeah. the plan now? Obviously, you guys as athletes have the beauty of being contracted for the full year, which is fantastic. Mm. Um, no more unpaid running sessions in the pre-season. Yeah. Um, what will it look like? Yeah, for now, I think it's just relax up until Christmas. Uh, and then once... That's over. They've got obviously they'll hand out your programs and stuff, but I feel like they really want you to get away from the club while you can, because it can be very draining. And because our season's so short and full on, they kind of want you to step away for a bit. But yeah, definitely programs start straight back up after Christmas, um, if anything before Christmas. <laughs> and yeah, it's kind of just finding what you like to do in the off season, where what kind of training you're into, probably what you need to work on yourself and doing that as well. 
Yeah, and so what are your big improvements that you guys need to make as a team? Obviously, you touched on that consistency. How do you become more consistent? Obviously, that's the key question for every team yeah. that has those ebbs and flows in their season. Um, but what do you think is one of the things that as a group the Tigers collectively can work on in the offseason to really push for finals next year? Gosh, I don't even know. Like there's heaps of things that we could work on. Like consistency is the main one. And with that I felt like maybe it was more having the depth in a side and making sure like every every player that you know, like if they're going to play that week or not, like you have trust in them on the field, that's probably a huge one. Like having a bigger engine is always another one, being stronger. But it's also another like connection piece, like having that connection on the field makes a huge difference too. So yep. there is heaps of things that you could do, like not only like physically but, yeah, the other stuff as well. And that connection piece, I'm sure the last two weeks have been useful for building that um, <laughs> off the field. Off the field. Um, you've been finished for two weeks now, so... I reckon that first night after you guys won, that last game would have been a pretty big one. Who's been the best <laughs> off ground, in your opinion, in the last two weeks? Well, I would just say last week was probably our biggest because it's like you finish the game, you go for drinks. We went we went for drinks on the Sunday night. She'll hate me saying this, but we went for drinks on the Sunday night. You either know because you got mad Monday on Monday, you either take it too far or you don't. Yeah. Um, so Kate Dempsey... Obviously got carried away, took it a bit far on the Sunday night. Kind of didn't want to rock up for the bus on Monday for Mad Monday. Gets on the bus in her costume, which is bad mum. She's got, because she's a mum. Yep. She's got the bad mum outfit on and then just slept the whole day on the bus. She didn't even <laughs> she didn't even want to have a drink on Mad Monday. So I would say she would be best on so far. So... Bad mum. Yeah, bad mum. Slept on yeah. the bus the whole Mad Monday. Wow. Yeah, slept on the bus. She oh, she got up for maybe the last bit, but no, nah, she couldn't push through. It was quite funny. And best, she's best dressed at Mad Monday as well. Who was that? Ooh. Caitlin Cox actually swapped so swapped outfits with uh, Sarah Hosking. And her, Sarah Hosking dressed up as like a really posh high heel, like big earrings mum sort of thing, like, and brought her dog and everything on Matt. I don't know. Don't ask me about it. But <laughs> Caitlin Cox ended up swapping outfits with her and she was in these big, like, red stilettos <laughs> <laughs> rocking around, like, the deck in Geelong. And, oh, it was so, so funny. Like, honestly would be the last person I could think walking heels but was the best person walking in heels. Yeah, it wow. was so funny. She better bring them out at best uh, BNF then. That's for sure. Oh well, that's what we said to her. She, <laughs> she has, has to wear to. them now. Yeah, they were like the red bottom too. Like oh. they were the fancy ones. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. Hosko bought a dog to Mad Monday. Don't ask me. Yeah, right. I rocked up late for the bus. Maybe I was a bit under the weather too. So I got there a bit late. Got on the bus. There was dog on the seat. <laughs> it's like, who? Who's Who brought a dog? <laughs> Who brought their dog? <laughs> that's Anyways. bad parenting, isn't it? Well, the dog ended up having an amazing day. Oh, like, well, yeah, good. so like, yeah. oh, I think bad parenting nearly, nearly sent the dog home. But like, <laughs> Sarah Hosking loved it, and and Woodsy, our young one, had something to do all day, look after the dog. So. <laughs> <laughs> she loved it because she was dressed up as a um, Steve Irwin. So oh. 
animal care. Yeah, you know, yeah. So wrestling to, the crocs, yeah, wrestling the dog. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, anyways. All right, let's get into the final series over the weekend. So we saw probably a couple of surprises to most people. The Lions defeating the Crows by two points, which was a super close game. Yeah. Um, and then also the Roos um, taking the spot over Melbourne, going straight into the prelim now. So... That was the D's lowest score and second biggest loss ever in a qualifying final. So they now take on Geelong on Sunday at Icon Park after Geelong extended Bombers' finals drought. The Bombers, poor Bombers can't win a final, can they? (laughs) Men's or women's. How do you see that one playing out? And were you surprised to see the performance that the D's put on against the Kangaroos? It was a really dominant display by the Kangaroos. Yeah, I know. I mean, give it to the Kangas. They've been consistent, like, for years now. So... In a way, they're like the underdogs of the the final series, I would say. They're always amazing, but, yeah. But also I felt sorry for Melbourne. Like, they lost so many players last week with the concussion and a few injuries. And, I mean, they still have a lot of depth in their side, but it's just never the same, I suppose, especially when you're going up against the North. And the biggest performance, I think, individually from the weekend was, well, Jazz Garner, which we expect every week, but yeah. <laughs> Chloe Malloy's performance against the Sun, uh, the Sun, sorry, to get them over the line. That was a fantastic game from her. She's killing it. I was talking to someone about it the other day. Like, it's funny how you can, like, you can be in one, like, team and, like, it's kind of your average, you're not doing well. And she's gone up to Sydney and she's just thrived. Like, I can't, like, it's awesome to watch and her and Scott obviously have an amazing relationship too but she's killing it it's so good to see though especially for Sydney like do you think the Swans are are a chance against the Crows I I probably wouldn't say they're a chance the Crows will want to like come out now and win against them like especially from losing but um yeah I wouldn't see Sydney winning this week but I think it's awesome to see where they've got to yeah, so last on the table last year without a win and now they're into a semi oh, prelim, yeah. no, semi-final. Yeah. Huge. And then to, like, see the teams they beat to get in there. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. so good for them. And the last one, obviously, Melbourne will now take on Geelong. How do you think that one will play out? I think it will be a really good game. Yeah, I think it will be close. But, yeah, I, you just never know because Melbourne obviously lost players. Geelong are on a roll now, obviously, and... So it'll be good to watch, but I I don't know who I'd pick. Probably Melbourne again, but that's just because I know they're really good. Big out though, Chloe Shear. Probably I think early indications suggest she broke her collarbone yesterday in that game and she we know what a powerhouse forward she is, Mm. rolls through the midfield as well. So that's a big hole for Geelong to fill if she is out for that game as well. Yeah, yeah, it will. Yeah, I don't know, but they've got an amazing midfield and their midfielders kick goals, so it might make a big difference. It might not, but... I feel like both teams have out, so it'll be a close game. Well, Grace, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a lot of fun. We've loved it. All the best for your off-season, and we can't wait to see what the Tigers put together for next year, which is seeming like it's so far away, but put in a lot of work. And (laughs) you should get a nice draw as well with how you ended up. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Listener.